from the great, the great Pelican State. So a question that I've gotten a lot lately, uh, and, and more and more, it seems, the higher my profile gets online. So uh, I, I thought I would answer that question uh, today is, who is the rogue and how did you become him and why is your blog the rogue's life why is your twitter the rogue's life why is your instagram the rogue's life so today the story of how joel became the rogue welcome to what makes me weird with joel sharpton i'm your host joel sharpton and this podcast once upon a time uh, was a different show. It was called Me and the Geek, and I interviewed a different geek every week. And even when we made the pivot to What Makes Me Weird, the idea was that I would talk to other people about what makes them weird. But first of all, production time was an issue, and so I slowed down the production time on this show. That's why you haven't gotten an episode in the last month. But also, I wanted to do something more, I don't know, selfish, I guess. I wanted to talk about me. And so this is uh, the next in an ongoing series of podcasts about me and what makes me weird. So welcome. Uh, today we answer the question, how did you become the rogue? Uh, so it all goes back to my third year at Louisiana Tech. Uh, I was a junior um, by time, a senior by hours, and I would be at Tech for two more years. So I guess that makes me technically a sophomore by maturity. I don't know. Uh, but it was my third year, and I really came into my own that year in the theater department in particular. I had poked and played with the theater department before then. I had appeared in the spring one acts. I had auditioned for a musical and failed. <laughs> it was the first time I had ever missed an audition in my life uh, was at Louisiana Tech Theater, and I decided they were stupid, and I didn't want to have anything else to do with them. Uh, but then I came back in the spring, and I auditioned for the Spring One X, and I got a role there. And I came back the next year, and I auditioned for the Spring One X, and I got a role there. And in that second Spring One Act, I developed some friendships. So when I came back from the summer, that second summer, and I had maintained some of those friendships. I had maintained contact with some of those people. It was easy to fall right back into the theater department, and that's what I did. And uh, we had so much fun. Uh, in the fall that year, we were putting on Twelfth Night, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, which is a very wonderful play. Interestingly, the day that auditions were supposed to happen was September 11th, 2001. Uh, 9-11 and we woke that morning everybody did and uh, you know I woke up on the couch and uh, my mother woke me with a phone call on my landline I think maybe even maybe she called me on my cell phone I did have a cell phone at the time but it's possible because I did have a landline at the time as well it's possible that she called me on my landline but she told me to wake up and turn on the news that I needed to see what was happening and we watched together as both the towers fell. The first airplane had already hit. I think the second airplane hit while we watched, but either way, we watched the towers fall together and soberly discussed how our world had changed that day. School did not close. Uh, classes were held, and so I went on to classes. As a matter of fact, some of my professors had not really heard the news or they didn't know the extent of what had happened, the secondary attack at the Pentagon and the fact that there was also a third um, 
or I should say a fourth down plane, uh, you know, somewhere in a field. And all of these things came together to say that this was a pretty, you know, widespread attack. And it was, there was a serious event going on, but the professors, a lot of them didn't know that. And I remember being chided for us all being distracted that morning. But that afternoon though, the word had gone out that there, the auditions would be pushed off. And I think they got pushed off a whole week, but eventually they did happen. And we were cast into the roles in Twelfth Night, and I was cast in the role of Sir Toby Belch. Um, Scott Gilbert was the director for this play, and he's said since then many, many times how distracted he was during the entirety of the production because of the events of 9-11 and how he um, you know, really credits the cast and the crew for putting the show on while he was sort of in autopilot mode. But I... I can't believe that that was really true because I feel like he did an amazing job with me particularly. And I feel like I learned so much and grew so much as an actor, uh, in this one performance. Um, it's by far the most fun I've ever had doing theater. I had more fun in the two summers that I spent at blue jacket in Southern Ohio, but not while I was doing the theater. I had more fun, all the other things that we did around the theater there at blue jacket. But, but this just doing the work was so enjoyable. The cast was really wonderful, and we just really enjoyed ourselves. We played in the English sense of the word. Um, you know, I, I had a... My very first director uh, would often tell us that uh, he hated the word play because it made us think that this was all fun and games. And in France, they called it la pièce, uh, which uh, is a piece. It, uh, they called it the work in other countries. Um, and, and we shouldn't call it a play. But we did. We played uh, in that production of Twelfth Night. But anyway, one of the, the, one of the great lines in that play from Sir Toby Belch, and he has a, a million great lines, but one of them, is right towards the end, he's been uh, knocked on the head and he's bandaged and he is regaling the rest of the cast of characters with what had happened to him or his version of what happened to him. And he says, I hate a drunken rogue describing the man that attacked him. But in truth, he's describing himself. He is the drunken rogue. And I loved, I still love that word, rogue. We made t-shirts for that show as you often do. And I, we all got a slogan on our sleeve and my, or, or a line or, or, a, you know, a nickname or something like that. And, and mine just said drunken rogue. And for a long time, I changed my blog to drunken rogue. That's the name that I would write under. And when I first started Twitter, I was sort of doing it anonymously, or that was the idea. That was the convention at the time, I think. And there, I was also the drunken rogue. I didn't stick with drunken for very long because, frankly, that doesn't fit me. I don't drink that much at all, and I don't like to drink to excess anymore because I can't handle it, truthfully. I get sick, and I get belligerent, so I just don't do that. But (laughs) the rogue part does. So if you look up the definition of the word rogue... One, and and this is the one that I think a lot of people think of when they hear the word rogue, they think of a dishonest or an unprincipled person. Um, and, and that is a way to look at it. Second definition I like better, 
a playfully mischievous person or a scamp. The youngest boys are little rogues, for an example. I like this one, though, a tramp or a vagabond. And while I haven't moved that much in my life, physically, I have always felt like a vagabond in my soul and in my head. I joke with my wife that I feel like a fleshy robot a lot of times, you know, like just struggling to imagine and understand human emotion. Um, it's not exactly like that, but I, I do feel like I am a man apart. Blessed in a lot of ways, but also different in enough ways that, that make it a challenge for me to interact with the rest of you people. So as soon as I got that name and applied it, self-applied it, or, or happened into it through the course of the play, it just fit. It fit so perfectly. Rogue. So f- fast forward uh, years later, I've been writing now as the Drunken Rogue and then under the Rogue's Life for a while, and we go to Dublin, uh, among other places, on a trip across Europe with my friends Ali and Richard. And in Dublin, as we're walking down the streets, I see a bar named Rogue. And I don't know anything about the place. I've looked it up online a couple of times. I don't imagine I would like it. I think it was sort of more of a nightclub than a pub. But I loved their logo. They had this great logo. It was a sort of a nautical compass and the word Rogue written down through the middle of it and coordinates. And I stole that image online and after the end of my first marriage when I finalized the divorce um, or we finalized the divorce I should say I celebrated and I'm putting up my air air quotes because it wasn't something to celebrate but but I commemorated that moment with a tattoo I already had a Gaelic cross on my right on my left arm and on my right arm now I have a nautical compass with rogue written down the middle. Um, So anyway, I am the rogue, and I will always be a little roguish. Um, I brought that to our first podcast. When Josh and I started a podcast called Two Guys, One Podcast, we were Two Guys and a Rogue Productions. And now that we have our own network, our own podcasting network, that is, including uh, the new show Smash Cut. Hello, hello, Alexander. Uh, and uh, check that out. We've got links on alwayslisteningpod.com. We stuck with it. And so it's two guys and a rogue podcasting network. I fit in better now, I think, than I ever have in my life. <laughs> but I still feel like a rogue, and I always will. I'm glad to have the label. And so I carry it proudly on Twitter and on Instagram and on my blog. And this podcast is just another part of the rogue's life. Hey, I mentioned it a minute ago, but uh, if you haven't heard the new podcast added to our network, check out Smash Cut. Uh, You can go to smashcutcast.com, find them on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, And I've got links at alwayslistingpod.com. And uh, I think we've tweeted out some links as as, as well, too. So check out all of that. It is really a neat um, radio drama podcast uh, brought to you uh, by some really cool artists down Baton Rouge way. And uh, we're looking forward to more from them. They've got three uh, little episodes up in the feed so far and, and more coming every other Monday. 
Um, I'll have something else for you soon. We're going to, Kelly and I are going to get to doing this St. Jude episode, I promise. And she and I are going to try to do some more of the Modern American Love Story uh, ongoing series about our marriage and raising these children's together. So all of that coming as well. Uh, Keep enjoying uh, my podcast review show at alwayslisteningpod.com and you can find my blog and everything else about me at joelsharpton.com. Until the next episode, I'm Joel. Keep it weird. You got busted without a dime be your name. You took a bus ride with your mindset to fame. They had a tough time remembering your name. Well, we don't no, we don't. You missed your big chance to be a Hollywood star. But for most folks, that never was in the cards. Well, you sailed and you failed. Well, at least you got to do it while you were young. Before you get old and you lose your nerve. So here's to you from the creek. It's never too late to come back home So here's to you for doing what you gotta do We'll be waiting here with love in place From the gray, the gray What Makes Me Weird is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find more info and a full list of our episodes at blogtalkradio slash makesmeweird. You can also email the show to makesmeweird at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Makes Me Weird. Our theme song is from the Great Pelican State by Adam Dale. Two Guys and a Rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.